Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast paid for by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Kovar. I am Kikita Kaori, and we have a special guest today. Hello, Sebastian. Seabass. Hey, yeah, Sebastian, Seabass. Yep, hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> We're doing well today. Sebastian is our host on Discord, and we'll gonna ask him lots of questions um but first we got a little news uh which we'll we'll talk about and then we'll talk to seabass about his resources and what he does with the game and then we'll talk about how you prep for legend of the five rings yep looking forward to that uh the first news we have is that path of the waves and sins of regret are no longer on a boat they are due to be out on February the 14th, which makes it a lovely Valentine's present for anybody. <laughs> um, maybe not anybody. Fair few people. Oh, it'll work think. for me. <laughs> if, if, if you're listening to this podcast, clearly it's, it's the perfect uh, Valentine's gift. Uh, it may even be out now. I believe some people actually have their actual hands on the pre-orders. So when we get it, we so. will review it. And mm. try and try and figure out what's going on with it. Uh, it's been a long um, time since yeah. they had any previews for it. That's true. So until then, we will just be very, very jealous of the people who already have it. <laughs> the other news we have is that uh, in the LCG, the Clan War pack came out, uh, which means mm-hmm. nothing to us, but we, you know, other no. than more pretty pictures to look at. Except it did have two teeny weeny weeny p- pieces of fiction uh, associated with it. Mm-hmm. And there was also much discussion of the cover of the Clan War Pack. And what does this mean? Clearly, the score. What are the? What, 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 you got the lion and the scorpion. Is that guy a phoenix? And mm, the 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 crane looked like they're about to do something sneaky. Hmm. Well, the the picture on the cover for those who are not buying the Clan War box is has a lion army and a scorpion army in what looks like downtown Otosanuchi, To be frank. Uh, Drawing on each other and about to go yeah, I, go at it, loggerheads. And then there's a bunch of steps, and the crane are standing on the top of the steps, looking down on yep. these two groups, uh, trying to see what they're going to do through the winter, I guess. And, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a few other clan members scattered around. There's a, yep, there's dragon there's in a there. dragon in there kind of standing somewhat behind the lion, if I recall correctly. and uh, Yeah, it seems more, more next near the scorpion, I think, actually. Uh, oh, and then there's, uh, you know, one or two phoenix in there, too. So it's like mm. a party for everyone except the unicorn, because there's just no room for horses I, in that room, I guess. Clearly not. So that was... Uh, we, we were pulling as much lore ideas out of that as we possibly could because that's what we're like. Yeah, we're annoying that way. There are two fictions, and they're very um, kind of short and vague. Uh, the first fiction is kind of a first-person reflection of what is clearly a female general uh, thinking about what her sensei and her father and – a scholar and a monk taught her about mm. how to act, how to fight, um, but saying that she found her wisdom from her foe and that yep. her foe's foolishness will be his undoing. So mm-hmm. my, I'm at the school. This is Hotaro thinking about, well, 
probably her brother, but... Yeah, I kind of think she'd name-check the brother, or at least talk about brother as opposed to foe, but it, it's one... I think it's very deliberately meant to be, this is what this is what happens when you're in the fight. You could have all, all your... The people, the, all your influences as you're growing up, but no, this is war. <laughs> and I think that's meant, I, I think it's meant to be very deliberately generic. But yes, yeah. it could well be Hotaru. Let's see. And the second fiction is from the point of view of a, well, it's really not in first person, but it's about a, what is clearly a female lion general, probably Matsusuko, because she's the most prominent female lion general um and her she is speaking with her ally who is a scorpion definitely a scorpion and he they are talking about how they are going to do terrible things to uh what looks like kudan doji a castle of the doji um and uh, how they are going to approach the battle and the scorpion has something sneaky up his sleeve to work on the castle. So um, right now in the storyline, the scorpion and lion are not formally allied. So welcome to Clan War. Mm, there, there's much, much speculation as to how this might come about. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so we shall, she, we shall have to see what comes out with that. It could just be a, this is any point in history, any Anytime. It's not like it hasn't happened before, mm. but it could be Kurt. So I think Clan War needs another good shove to go fully into all the clans duking it out. Mm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take more than one. <laughs> anyway, that's all the news. So, <laughs> yep, that's all the news we have. So, um, someone who is not speculation uh, <laughs> is Sebastian, also known as Seabase. Seabass. <laughs> Yep. Uh, prepare to get a lot of speculation, just on a different front. <laughs> Pure subjectivity. <laughs> Are you real in the first place? Oh, am I? Oh, <laughs> I keep it real 100%. Unless I'm playing in any coma, then I don't keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you then? Tell us about yourself. Yeah. So admin for the L5R Discord and now the Court Games website. Cool. Congratulations to us. We did it. Everybody, including our supporters, uh, over a year coming. Anyway. And uh, if you want to read those new fictions, they're on the Court Waves website, too. So you can steer your way over there. Yes, very true. Yep. yep absolutely. And then uh, also edit for Court Games LCG and RPG folks. Mm -hmm. And I'm their social media manager as well as I do <laughs> that or don't do that. <laughs> you do a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, also a player on the uh, Gates of Orkin and Iris podcast as well. They're an AP that's LGBTQ plus friendly. I play in Ikoma, uh, Ikoma Chusei, and I play Yogo Xiaoli. <laughs> Pretty fun group. Cool. So how did you get into Legend of the Five Rings in the first place? Now, my friends and I in college, we got into uh, TTRPGs as a kind of a gateway from playing Magic the Gathering. We were like, oh, we've, we've gotten this nerdy. Let's stick to the next step, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's go yeah. all in let's let's go full yep, nerd exactly the only problem was that we all wanted the gm so we all decided to or agreed to pick different systems otherwise i don't know we might get a little confusing okay. i guess uh one of my friends picked up numenera yeah they picked that up and then my other buddy picked up the star wars rpg also by fantasy flight games 
and I picked up L5R. And that was because the book drew my attention. I was like, what's this? This looks really cool. Looked at the artwork. Wow, this looks amazing. And uh, at the time, I mean, still I am a big fan of anime and Shambhata films and things like that. So, yeah, it was natural <laughs> for me to pick that up and dive deep into it. So you were running as a GM. Yeah, absolutely. Running as a GM from the start. I was not introduced to it by anybody else. <laughs> that That is hard mode. Yeah, that is hard mode. What's your favorite clan or faction or... Yeah, so I have my avatar as the Spider Clan Mon, and I picked it originally because they're the evil faction. And originally, I was into that in like a a mustache twirling sort of way. I was down with it, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I truly fell in love with them after doing some research for our long term campaign, which we'll be talking about later. And uh, <laughs> I just love it when stories humanize villains, but not in a way that makes evil fashionable or encouraged. You know, of course, there needs to be consequence. Mm-hmm. But I just love it when characters make hard decisions, even when that choice is a moral blunder. You know what I mean? Uh, which in Rokugan mm-hmm. can mean really big stakes, you know, if you make a choice like that. But otherwise, if we're keeping a current canon, you know, FFG stuff, I'm a, a big fan of the Lion Clan, especially specifically the uh, Lion Shadow. Because uh, mm-hmm. whenever you get Lion players at your table, they're all patriotic and you can see, uh, <laughs> or rather they paint themselves over the other characters that are around them in a a funny way. But with the lion shadow character, you have that same lion as like this uh, appointed martyr of honor kind of thing. And they have to sacrifice their own honor for the good of the lion, keeping them safe or getting them information. But I picture them being more like a James Bond kind of character about it. They're just super cool. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's really interesting. Cool. Um, So, what how, What is your experience as a GM in general and with L5R particularly? Yeah, so I think probably with 90% of people who've started with 4th edition like I did. I started in uh, 2010. Um, I ran the adventure that was in the back of the book, which was really fun. So fun, I did it twice <laughs> with uh, two <laughs> different groups. Uh, but after that, though, I had to continue somewhere. And I found Heroes of Rokugan online which is a fantastic mm. way to learn the setting and the system while gaming. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of that. The modules are also really creative too. I've um, lifted a few things from their modules or I guess taken notes with me whenever I set up my own sessions for like years after that. Um, after Heroes of Rokugan though, I moved to some self-authored sessions, just some one-offs in between the modules. Maybe a player character was getting married or something. There wasn't a module for that, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're remembered at my table. Um, they <laughs> generated a lot of emotion, but I think that's just because the sessions were so focused on the PCs. But mm-hmm. it felt like a, a big release, though, because I, I don't know, for those who haven't run modules, it can feel like you are held to the letter with how they go. Like you're supposed to push your players yeah. to follow this route. That's not necessarily true. And personally, I recommend if you're going to run a module, try putting it into your own words, you know, write some cliff notes on it rather than following it letter Mm. by letter. Because once I started self-authoring a session or two, it released this pressure for me and I felt more Mm -hmm. flexible and it even reflected on my players too. They felt more relaxed. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, after the modules, I moved to a full campaign, mono spider clan campaign. Uh, I've wanted to run a Ronin game for a long time because I, I was running uh, Heroes of Rogue Gun for at least a couple of years. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is playing low honor campaigns in this RPG that says, uh, you know, honor is stronger than steel. It's not like I was trying to prove it wrong or anything, but it just seemed romantic in a sense, I guess, having characters that were fighting against uh, what society demands, I guess. Maybe that's just the Westerner to me, right? But <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was played for over a couple of years as well. The Spider Can- um, Clan campaign. And that was a massive learning opportunity for me, both in planning and in execution. So looking forward to talking about that. Awesome. Well, um, you've developed a lot of online resources for the role-playing game, haven't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Logged in a lot of hours. So can you tell us what they are? So our <laughs> we've advertised them a little bit, but you, you can give the best description. Yeah. Um, well, so shout out to subreddit user Adelisfin. They have this pinned post that's on slash broker gun uh, that has a, well, I think that was a Google drive or a Google doc file. <laughs> it's got a long, long list of community resources and anybody who is thinking about running L5R or maybe he already is running L5R, but just needs some, I don't know, just want some inspiration, want some tools or something to help them out. Right. Definitely recommend mm-hmm. this post. Uh, it's got my stuff in it and countless other stuff. Actually, Corvar, I think you got something in that post too. You have your, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I used to take uh, screenshots from samurai dramas that I felt were particularly L5R-ish or that illustrated something. Mm-hmm. And so I've got about uh, seven albums and then two which are specifically characters and scenery. Yep. <laughs> Very useful. Especially when you're trying to immerse your players into the setting. While you're talking, you just hang one of these photos over your GM screen and boom, they're in the world with you. Um, <laughs> and Carrie, do they have your website on there too? I sure hope they do. It's a blessing. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I have my my ops and things there, but I was wondering what materials you had created that is on that list. All right, if you insist. So I've got my Dropbox, which is also pinned to the r slash Rokugan subreddit. A lot of people think it's just beta material, but it is not. I've kept up with it. I just can't edit the name for some reason on Reddit. Um, one day I'll infiltrate the the uh, moderation group and change that forever. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the Dropbox has tons of crafting things, including clan-themed dice templates. Really easy to use. Uh-huh. Print them out in sticker paper. Put them on some blank dice, and there you go. Some D12s, some D6s. Boom. <laughs> it's also got um, GMing stuff, GM screen, some uh, an NPC tool that is in Excel. Really useful. It's got every single template for the NPCs that you can find in the CRB and the supplements. And then it's got uh, all the techniques and all the different demeanors, right, that you can plug and play, replace on these characters. Okay. And it's got a lot of player stuff, too. A PC Excel sheet, which is hyperlinked out. It prints to PDF. Super useful. Uh, you know, definitely better than Paper Blossoms. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I haven't even used Paper Blossoms yet. I'm sure it's much better than my Excel tool. But uh, I put a lot of work into it. You should try it out if you haven't already. <laughs> and uh, also many, many cheat sheets, too. A lot of 
you know, tables and stuff just boil down to these pages. Uh, yeah, fifth edition seems a system that demands all the cheat sheets and help you can get. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, a lot of problems. <laughs> I think it's not so much that it's a very, very complicated system. It's just that it's actually quite different from a lot of other systems that are out there. So getting yourself into the mindset. True. There's that, but the way it's laid out is very difficult mm-hmm. for having everything mm. in one place. Uh, like opportunities, for example, are just spread throughout the book everywhere there's a table yeah. which has about half of them and then the rest are all over the place yep very true hashtag revise crb ffg please <laughs> <laughs> oh well I, I have to say i what i want is the tool is that when you select you kind of say okay i'm going to be doing a thing so you select a an approach you select a skill group you select a skill and then it and or, or or if necessary a technique and it tells you what opportunities are available. It just weeds them all out for you uh, and only shows you. <laughs> yeah, that thing I, I made. <laughs> I'll, I'll send okay. you the link. We'll post the link to my opportunities. Okay. I call it an opportunities right. table, but it's not a table. It's an app. Yeah, uh, Corvar was just <laughs> low key hyping you up. You know. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the last thing to go over is the Court Games website. It's now available Mm. it is a resource in and of itself and it will be even more so down the road i'll be bringing all my dropbox stuff to court games through blog posts talking a bit more in depth about it maybe giving um some advice on how to use them and all the podcast episodes will be transcribed and brought onto court games website as well Mm -hmm. and it'll also act as an archive for various fictions um fan made or otherwise and you can even post your own stuff and Make sure to link your donation boxes if you have something like that going on. Um, we're also going to have a forum as well, or we, we do have a forum, which would theoretically be focused on projects in the community, solving problems, answering questions, maybe even some fun stuff like role playing and looking for group and clan chats and stuff. Um, but a lot of people on Discord, they when they have done role playing or when they do give their resources to the chat, they often say, oh, can you pin it? Or even more, you know, I wish it was archived. I wish I can just search. Discord search is not the best. <laughs> and um, right. I think for archiving posts, a forum is a good solution for something like that. So Yeah, things things can tend to get a bit lost in the flow of Discord. Mm-hmm. Right. Discord's great for transactional information, but uh, when you want to uh, archive or store your information, it needs a different format. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So hopefully uh, Court Games website will just get bigger and better as time goes by. So thank you for coming on to our podcast today. Uh, we are delighted to have you and – you are a very experienced game master, it sounds like. So I guess our other topic that we had today was how do you prep for L5R games? Yeah. Both, how do we get both all of you. Ready? All of you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So prepping. Um, first, just want to start off by saying a lot of folks feel like they need to know everything, read all the books, be experts yeah. basically before facilitating a game of L5R. But that is not true. Uh, you only need to know more than what your players know, right? <laughs> yep. And if you have new players, hey, should be pretty easy at that point. Yeah. I mean, if you are the kind of complete completionist nerd who does that anyway, then that's obviously handy. But yeah, that that's that shouldn't be a requirement. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's true. Exploration is one of the 
what seven kinds of fun or whatever the MDA paper says. Yeah. So, you know, there are many of us who love to dive deep into the lore and research the entire mm. L5R wiki <laughs> on every yeah. plan that's going to be appropriate for their campaign, which very beneficial as well. It's got a lot of benefits to it. It makes it feel more lived in if you know more or if you know a whole lot. Yes. Oh, no, no. Pikachu is the best. I need to give credit because the L5R wiki <laughs> is a phenomenal effort. And as far as I can tell, 80% of it was written by Onino Pikachu. Yeah. Whoever that might be. Big shout out to Onino <laughs> Pikachu. He, he, or they are the L5R wiki. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> So as far as how I plan, uh, I'm going to start at the campaign level and then I'll move to the session level. Um, first, big shout outs to Sly Flourish's The Lazy Dungeon Master. Big advocate for using that. I'm pretty much just going to be summarizing those steps because that's what I do um, is I follow that formula, I suppose. But I'm also <laughs> going to be attaching that to how do you use your L5R resources to support this kind of preparation so hopefully that'll be good okay, go for it yeah so first you're going to want to collaborate with your players to see what they want to play i know a lot of us have our own ideas and our own pre-written stories in a lot of cases too some of the story writers and types out there but you do <laughs> want to collaborate with your players as much as possible not only for the sheer fact that you need them to buy in to what they're about to play but um yeah i'll initiate that discussion probably with a few campaign hooks of my own. There's plenty of challenge-focused strike scenarios online. If you don't know what that is, challenge kind of sets up the scenario. The focus is what are your players going to be doing in that scenario? And the strike is like, what's that twist at the end that really uh, flips things on their head, you know? But you really just want a single sentence per hook. Uh, I've got a few written here that are from some adventures I've written. Um, first one, <laughs> as the Spider Clan, ensure the Dark Lord Daigotsu seizes the empty throne of Rokugan. It, encaps it encapsulates what the players are going to be doing pretty much the entire time, in indirectly or directly. Another one, prove the worth of your dojo by touring around Rokugan and challenging the others. I think it speaks for itself there. Not too much as far as... Or, or you know, we'll, we'll get into as far as what the players' expectations are and stuff, but... This is a way to see that. And then solve a smuggling case in Ryoko Awari without making enemies of the powerful cartels. It's the box set for City of Lies, basically. Uh-huh. So after knowing the hook, we or I would like to work on what's the six truths about the campaign. This is probably where your research is going to start if you're going to do a high, uh, high prep for a campaign. Opening up the L5R wiki looking up what clans um, are going to be involved in such a story. For instance, I did at least a month's worth of research on the spider clan for figuring out the six truths about my campaign and the six truths, what they are, are just boundaries that are aside from the ones that players might already know about role-playing games or about Rokugan as a setting. And it's meant to answer the who, what, when, where, why, and how of the starting party and the scenario that's surrounding them so they can create their players with these things in mind. So some examples for uh, the spider clan, which is what I'll be focusing on. So the spiders are denizens of the Shadowlands. They're loyal to the Dark Lord Daigotsu. Pretty straightforward fact. That means that the player is going to be making their characters from, you know, whatever the schools from the spider are, 
or they're going to be doing this multi-school thing if they're going to play a character that's from Rokugan, for instance. Actually, can I step in here for a second and just remind, you know, let our our listeners know, because some of our listeners are only joined in New 5R and don't know what the Spider-Clan is at all. So... The Spider Clan that he's speaking of happened in Old 5R, towards the end of Old 5R, where a faction of the Shadowlands, uh, through lots of shenanigans, uh, ended up joining the Empire as a clan and trying to get along with the Empire. And they... They are the Spider Clan. So their leader was Daikotsu. They are technically... Uh, sworn to the Empress at the time, uh, like the other clans. And the other clans are sort of supposed to treat them like they were other clans, but they're and, still... And only and only non-tainted spider were allowed in the Empire proper. Right. Yep, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, they are still, you know, evil down to their little hearts for the most part. So... When Seabass is talking about the Spider Clan, he's talking about playing as characters from this evil, but in the Empire faction that does not exist in Fifth Edition. I mean, the, the the things that make them happen haven't happened yet, and might not because the timelines have already diverged quite mm-hmm. a bit. So, yeah, I think Moto Sume is the only Shadowlands commander that's been confirmed um, at all. I think, right? Mm. Yeah, and that's his Dark Moto, which they were kind of like the proto-spider-ish yeah. sort of. Yep, some unified mm-hmm. force yeah. in the Shadowlands. Yep. So yeah, other truths about this setting. Daigotsu is the divine hand of Kami Fuleng and the rightful emperor of Rokugan, meaning, yeah, don't make characters that are going to be turncoats. They believe in this. They believe in Daigotsu. You have to start with that foot in mind if you're going to be playing in this campaign. Basically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Leaders within the Spider Clan require strength and sacrifice above flattery and birthright, which means your typical Rokugani courtier who's going to be like, oh, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, of course, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, um, basically saying that you know, the sun revolves around that person isn't going to work in this mm. particular clan because they value, well, you know, can you fight good? Or. <laughs> You know, can you get your way more often than most, you know, or how devoted are you to this cause, really? So that's important if you're going to make a character to know these those kind of things, too. Uh, just a few more yeah. things after that point. The Lost practice Bushido and other philosophies, but it may be used to excuse cruel and selfish behavior. Of course, this is an evil campaign, but it would be interesting for characters, to, uh, for player characters to have the options of following Bushido and following Shorito, which is... Something else we don't even need to get into. But (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, because even though it's an evil campaign, the players can still, I mean, level the playing field, make these characters more humanized by saying they're following the same precepts as the other great clans. So therefore, you know, um, (laughs) yeah. And then the plan is to weave influence within the great clans, destabilize them at the very pinnacle of of, uh, their power, you know. And allies of the, are of the utmost importance. Weak and ambitious fools are always quick to make a deal. Which is important for an evil campaign because 
if your players are really interested in seizing the moment, so to say, <laughs> at every opportunity, um, it might make the other players uncomfortable or it might even ruin their chances at gaining this influence within Rokugan because they're just uh, betraying everybody at every point, you know? So having actual allies is important for this campaign, important for making your player character. Boom. That's your six truths. You send them off okay. to um, go make their stuff. And then it's time for you to have your fun in planning the rest of the campaign. Okay. So, so how do you plan? So that sounds like you overall kind of set up your campaign using that and mm-hmm. a nice session zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about session zeros here before, but how do you set up for each individual session? Yeah. So part of the campaign prep, and this is actually something that's talked about in, I believe, Course of Stone, where it talks about having your three big um, players, like three big figures, fronts is what they're called in Dungeon World. And if you figure out what your three big moving forces are, um, you can start planning your campaign well ahead of time. And you don't have to worry so much about that in your session-to-session planning. So your Mm session-to-session planning, I like to use the... 3 by 5 index card method, which is something we'll probably link in the show notes. And essentially what that is, is you get, this will be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 different index cards. Wait, Uh 7. 7 for a particular (laughs) reason. And um, not because they're 7 clans, of course. That's silly. All right. (laughs) I forget I even said that. Anyway, so you've got your, uh, you have one card that talks about the plot. What the Lazy Dungeon Master says is that you want to have 10 different scenes that could potentially happen. You don't have to use all of them, but it's just something to get the mind working while you're playing. So instead, I just put the context in more of a challenge focus strike kind of a thing. You know, I'll put what is just a single sentence that wraps up this session, my North Star kind of a thing. You know, if it's a prison break or something like that, um, that's what I'll put. You know, and then I'll put what is the scenario? What are the players expected to do? And then how can that be flipped or what's the strike? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the first index card. And then my second index card is going to have locations on it. Typically, Mm -hmm. I put three locations. I play a session that's maybe four hours long, three to four. You might want more if you're going to play a longer session. The Lazy Dungeon Master recommends one per 30 minutes, which is eight different locations if you're playing for four hours. But um, Mm. my players like to role play a lot, talk a lot, so (laughs) I don't need to plan that much. So I'll typically put three locations, and this would be things like a description of the location, rather than things happening there. Just describing Mm -hmm. it, maybe putting some secrets, if there's like a hidden compartment somewhere. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then there's two more index cards that are related to NPCs. This will be your allies on one index card and your rivals on another index card. Might not be that okay. black and white. Obviously, relationships could change in play, <laughs> which is uh, mm-hmm. the beauty of um, player interaction with your material. But, yeah. How much do you give to your NPCs? Uh, how much do you figure out for them? Yeah, I will set up one line that summarizes them as a character, which will be maybe a quote from them. If I'm pulling them from the LCG or the role-playing material uh, that I feel like really encapsulates what this character is about. 
Um, or I'll just make something up. And then <laughs> I will have just a brief description of three details of what they look like that are most interesting to the players, probably. And then on the back of the index card, that's where I start putting their statistics. Now, this is with 4th edition in mind. 5th edition, there's obviously a lot more to write. What I would do instead is I would write the character stats themselves probably on a separate piece of paper or print them out. And then you can just reference okay. them. Yeah. And then uh, for rivals, same thing. You know, it, they might okay. not necessarily be bad guys of your campaign or something. They're not pursuing the same goals or maybe they're pursuing goals that are more um, perpendicular yeah, to your player's goals. They're not directly <laughs> opposing them. They just happen to get in the way. And then the last three different index cards, there's the encounters. Typically, I'll set up three different encounters that could happen. Um, on the back, I'll have whatever enemies might be associated with those particular encounters. And then I'll have an index card for rewards, which might be on rewards that I planned ahead of time. Glory rewards might plan ahead of time. Um, and then actual physical rewards, if they're going to come across some things, sentimental, historical, <laughs> magical, <maybe>. loot. <laughs> loot, exactly. Loot. Yeah, um, maybe I'm a fan of D&D. <laughs> and then the last card I'd like to include, the Lazy Dungeon Master recommends putting 10 secrets about the setting, either through news or otherwise, and also including secrets about the, the characters that are in there, about the location um, anything. 10 different things that'll be interesting for your players to know if they investigate stuff. But I put that in the form of rumors. So rumors more tied to the rumors about the location or about these characters that you're going to be interacting with. And I'll just put a few. Um, you know, maybe it's something related to what the characters did last session or a few sessions ago that's finally having some waves in the Rokugani circuit, you know. Mm -hmm. But it might also be like, hey, if they look here, tell them this. Or, Well, actually, it's not even that specific. It's not tied to a specific person. They can find these pieces of information out no matter who they talk to. But it's the fact that they're investigating that I'll start revealing some what you call Lord Nuggets <laughs> mm -hmm. for my session. So, yeah. Cool. And I uh, also recommend bringing just a notepad along with you anyway, just to write down what has happened or has transpired during your session. So that way you can think of some creative consequences afterward and really make your players regret playing with you. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I always have difficulty remembering what's happening. Mm -hmm. So writing stuff down, especially if you're coming up with names of NPCs on the fly, mm -hmm. I think if you come up with an NPC on the fly, quick, quickly scroll that down. So you don't forget it. And you don't have to come up with a new name next week and say, I don't remember what they're called. So they're now called this. And they always <laughs> were. Yeah. And that's a really good point too, because, because these NPCs are on cards, just uh, store them away when you're done. Like don't throw away <laughs> your hard work. If somebody similar is going to come along later in another session, just, uh, you know, revise the card that you were already using a couple of sessions ago for this same character. It's called reskinning. Really useful for saving <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that's generally cool. my uh, prep process. I start at the campaign level, do a whole lot of research. I front load my high prep ahead of time. So that way, when it comes mm -hmm. to session prepping, I can put a basic skeleton out there. It's flexible. My players can engage with these elements or they can choose not to. And I won't be sweating, you know? 
That that sounds good. And, you know, just so people know, if you are not a planner at all, you can be pretty spontaneous, too. Uh, it the, the key thing you know, for me, I, I have a terrible organizer, planner, at least for this. But the one thing I know is I know exactly what happened. So it's it's knowing the history, knowing knowing what happened in the background, and then kind of chain you know, working mm. around that that um, that I do for my sessions. So they can go anywhere or do anything, but I know exactly what happened. So I know how these people are going to react. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's but true. I'm very spontaneous, I guess. The more that you arm yourself with lore, the better off you're probably. <laughs> But that's only. Yeah, I think I think that's what I think it's what you talk about with front yes. loading. Mm-hmm. You, you, because if you have all that stuff kind of just in your brain, and they suddenly say, "Well, I'm we're off to, you know, Otsanuchi. Well, I, I already know stuff about that, so I'm not I'm not fast. Whereas if you kind of write, "I'm going to prepare this session," so I know exactly what's happening. Oh, they've gone somewhere else. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Which is the other? Yeah. So you can be a lot more loose and more improvisational if you do those deep dives beforehand for the fun yeah, of it. Yeah, just to touch on that for a second, um, that's precisely why you write your locations pretty generally when it comes to these index cards. If they're like, what's Adesanushi? Mm. Whatever, I'm going to go to the you know Cranelands or something instead. Um, you can yeah. plug these locations in Cranelands. You know, nobody's going <laughs> to... The lore police aren't going to break mm. down your door if, they, if you do that. No, even though sometimes they <laughs> should. <laughs> But no, no, that's exactly that's exactly true. And until you say it out loud in front of your players, they don't know it's true. So if if you planned for a particular sake house to be in Otsanuchi, and then instead they go to you know Kudan Kakita, well, guess what's just nearby? Lore yeah. be damned. Um, you know, <laughs> we're talking about Doji Satsumi or something. You know what? He's still alive right now, and it's the future, and it's working on two thousand. Whatever, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the rock again that you play in only has to make sense to the people around exactly. your table. Exactly, you have to have that circle of expectations. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sebastian. Appreciate you. Of course, and you know, as far as plans in the future, yeah. I just want to shout out some things. Uh, Court Games is going to be blogging this year in 2020 on our website, so expect some articles coming soon. We're also going to be starting an actual play for card games down the line in 2020. And um, at some point, hopefully, we'll be also aiding the Discord League in some way with the Court Games website. So look forward to more news. Mm. All right. And of course, as a reminder, we have our uh, alternate podcast, uh, LC- the LCG podcast, just rolling along. So thank you, you know, to our Patreons. Yep. Thank you very yeah, much for that. And hit us up on Twitter at Court Games Pod, or you can hit me up on Twitter at It's Your Boy Seabass. You know, add us all as friends mm. on the Court Games website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, but that's it for me this week. I'm Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy. <laughs>